0: Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Are you thankful for Pastor Zach and his uh, worship team there? Let's give him some thanks this morning, man. We're, We're thankful for you guys. I know what you're thinking. I mean, you're seeing Pastor Anthony over here with his mama, and you're thinking, why in the world he's not up there? I'm thinking the same thing uh but he's very gracious and he allows me to to come and speak every so often and i'm very thankful for that i love to to be able to share god's word and with you and thankful you're here this morning hope you had a great thanksgiving uh yeah me and my my family i try to always take them on a a big trip uh we always go to the holy land on thanksgiving or alabama some people would call it you know either way but uh Sorry, I just defended most of the people in there. I'm sorry, but I just thought I'd throw that there. Let's go on with the message. Uh, no, but let's let's do look. Let's do look in uh, Luke chapter seven this morning. I'll preach fast. You listen fast, and we'll get to lunch. Luke chapter seven. Start with verse thirty six. Listen, guys. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I love Thanksgiving. I love turkey and dressing. I love uh, cornbread. I love pecan pie. But I don't love I don't love it near as much as I love this story that we're going to get into this morning. I love Alabama football, like you love UT football probably, but I don't love it near as much as I do this story, right? This story touches my life, and I'm so thankful for it this morning. Luke chapter 7, start with verse 36. Let's pray. God, I need you this morning. We need you this morning. I pray that you would just use me and use your word to touch hearts and lives and make a difference this morning. God, may we not just read through this passage, but may we feel the emotions of this sweet lady. And may we we always be surrounded by your love. And know that you love us, and know that you care for us. Use us this morning. May we leave here differently than what we came. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all of God's people said, "Amen." Luke chapter seven, start with verse thirty-six. And I want you to listen to this story because, guys, it's one of my favorites. I absolutely love this story. L- listen to the story. We're just going to read the first three verses and and get to know the first kind of character in this, but. Then one of the Pharisees, his name was Simon, one of the Pharisees, his name was Simon, Simon asked him, Jesus, to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisees, or Simon's house, and Jesus sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, which she knew that Jesus sat at the table of of Simon's house, brought an alabaster flax or an alabaster box of fragrant oil or perfume. And she stood at Jesus' feet behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil or the perfume. Obviously, in the story this morning, we have a a woman who is obviously in pain, she's hurting, she's, she's broken, she's shattered, she's crushed, she's defeated, she's overwhelmed with emotions. She's standing at the feet of Jesus and washing his feet with her tears. You ever been broken? You ever been broken? You ever been broken to a, to a point to where your tears just wouldn't stop flowing? I mean, you ever been broken... Maybe by a relationship. Maybe it's a husband and wife. Maybe it's a divorce, and and you've been through that, and and you've been hurt, and you've been broken by that. Or maybe it's a it's a, a brother and sister that's gone through something, and you're you you've hurt each other, and you've been broken by that relationship. Or or maybe it's a, a friend or a coworker, or maybe it's you've experienced a death and recently, and you you've just been broken by it. You can't get over it. Or maybe it's a loss of a career. Or, or maybe it's something you've actually brought on yourself, and you, you're broken like this lady. We all have been at some point in our life, right? We've all been broken. I know uh, there was an organization that came through Nashville a few years ago, and, and they, they reached out to all the pastors, and, and, and they said, listen, we want you to mail all the names of everyone that's broken in your congregation. Mail them to us, and we want to, um, we want to minister to them. And so one pastor just mailed him the whole Nashville phone book. Because everybody in every city is broken, right? We're, we're all broken. We're all hurting in, in some way. Zig Ziglar says these words, if you treat everyone as though they're hurting, you're, you're treating the majority of people in the proper manner. Now, the Bible, the Bible says this hurting woman was a sinner. Uh, some versions of the Bible would say she's a notorious sinner. Now, other, other versions might say she's a, a, a town harlot or she's a prostitute. Most all commentaries agree that, that she was a prostitute. Now listen to me. I want you to hear this. Will Rogers said these words, Everyone is ignorant, only on different subjects. So on this subject or this topic I'm going to have to say I'm just completely ignorant. I just don't know a whole lot about it. So but but I did do some research and, and what I found out was pretty amazing. You know, the Bible talks about prostitution quite a bit. I mean, it mentions prostitution being a harlot or a harlotry and it's always condemned in scripture. It's immoral. Leviticus 19 and several places in Proverbs and 1 Corinthians chapter 6 all mentioned this and they said, you know, it all condemns prostitution or being involved with a prostitute. It all condemns it. But did you also know that Jesus said that prostitutes were among those that listened to John the Baptist and repented? And he also said that harlots and prostitutes will get into heaven before the religious Pharisees will. What? Yeah, it's there, Matthew 21. 31. The Bible mentions two prostitutes in the lineage of Jesus, Tamar and Rahab. And one of them is even mentioned in chapter 11 of Hebrews, the great faith chapter mentions one of them. I did some some further research outside the Bible, and hopefully to explain this a little bit better. And, and, and what I found really broke my heart, and I want you to listen to this. Prostitution or the sex trade is a, is a huge enterprise. I don't want to bore you with all the statistics, but uh, in cities like Atlanta and Miami, there, it's a two to three million per year industry. And here's what really broke my heart. Do you know what the average age is of, of a girl that gets involved prostitution 13 13 she's either enticed or she's lured into it and you, you may know this you may not but there's a there's a large and powerful network of people out there and social that use social media to, to lure our teenagers and our young people into this type of lifestyle they know they know this they know one out of every ten peop, uh, young people run away from home. And most of them are girls. And they're very vulnerable, and they need something to eat, and they need something somewhere to stay, and so they're usually approached by this network within the first 48 hours of leaving home. Eric, why, why are you going over all this? I say all of that to say this, before you and I, partially judge the lifestyle of anyone, even though it may be immoral, even though it's wrong, and even though it may, it may be sinful, we need to try to understand that there's, there's always a story, there's always a backstory to every situation, the hows and whys of the situation. Before we pronounce judgment on anyone, we need to hear the story because some of these people have been encouraged into this lifestyle or different lifestyles, some of them have been pushed into it. Some of them have been forced into it or maybe enticed into it. In our passage, this woman was obviously broken. And so she came repenting. What was she even doing at this Pharisee's house? You know, perhaps she had heard of Jesus. Perhaps she had wanted to talk to him before, but maybe she was too ashamed. Or perhaps she heard him preaching one day and speaking one day. Listen, perhaps she was sitting down before him when he said these words. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Perhaps you heard this invitation. Perhaps she's seen this as her last opportunity. Perhaps she, she said, I, I've never experienced real real love. Maybe this guy, maybe this man can, can give me and show me a God kind of love. Perhaps she'd been seeking a way out of this lifestyle for years and knew that this was her only hope out. Maybe she was continually burdened by her guilt and finally found hope. And studying for this message, I, I came across a... A test a testimony of a particular prostitute and and uh, I want to share it with you she was in her a room waiting on her her next client and and she was getting nervous she always got nervous and she, you know she's just anxious and so she began to you know look for her joint to smoke and I didn't even know what that was I had to ask Pastor Anthony but it's amazing the detail he went into but anyhow so she couldn't find it, and so she began frantically to look into, you know, into the bathroom, and she ran and looked uh, in, under the bed, and she opened all the drawers, and she was getting nervous and anxious, and she opened her nightstand, the drawer on her nightstand. Guess what was in there? A Gideon Bible. Well, she didn't really get it. She got the Bible out. She was like, okay, maybe the joint's in here. So she was so nervous, and she started flipping through the, the Bible to try to find her joint. When she opened up the scriptures that said this, "But God demonstrated His love toward us. And yet while yet we were sinners, Christ died for us." She said she felt the spirit of God come in that room. She knelt beside her bed. And there she surrendered her life to Christ. Oh, yeah, and she met her client, and she's leaving. And she's like, have a nice day. And she walked on out. Thankful God is still radically saving people. Amen? Amen. Now, there's two people that I want us to look at in this story. And one of them is a Pharisee, and the other one is Jesus. And it won't take us long, but I want us to look at these two because there's two totally different takes on this story. There's two totally different opinions, two totally different responses to her. And as we go over these responses, I want you to examine yourself and see which one you see yourself in. How would you have responded to this? Now, in verse 39, chapter 7 of Luke, when the Pharisee, or Simon, who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself he saw this woman washing jesus feet with her hair and crying when he had saw this he said to himself if this man was a prophet i thought he was he would have known what kind of woman this was who was falling all over him you know who the prophets who uh, you know who the pharisees were they were the religious type right they were the rule followers they were the the legalistic type that made up rules for Everybody else to follow except they didn't have to follow on them themselves. And what was Jesus even doing at his Pharisees' house? Well, maybe, maybe Simon invited Jesus over because he wanted to, you know, just to get to know him. I doubt it. And maybe he invited him over for, you know, so he could talk to his friends about who he had over for, for dinner. I doubt it. in chapter 6, the chapter right before this, The Pharisees were conniving, trying to figure out what they could come up with against Jesus. So they were were very malicious and devious and cunning. Here's what Jesus said of them. Ah, They say one thing and do something else. Ever been around anybody like that? Mm. They pile heavy burdens on people's shoulders, and they won't lift a finger to help. Jesus said this of them. Everything they do is just for a show in front of others. They even make a big show of wearing Scripture verses on their foreheads and their arms, and they're wearing big tassels for everyone to see. They love the best seats in the house and the front seats in the meeting places. You Pharisees and teachers of the law, Jesus said, you're in trouble. You're nothing but show-offs. You're like tombs that have been whitewashed. On the outside, they're beautiful, but on the inside, they're full of bones and filth. That's what you're like, he said. Outside you look good, but inside you're evil and you only pretend to be good. These folks judge people without getting to know them. These folks see people with a predetermined idea of of the people and and without asking any type of their backstory or their background. These are the ones who have a preconceived notion before they even get the facts. To To these Pharisees, this woman was a lost cause. I mean, she was no good. She was worthless. She had nothing to offer. She was a lost cause. Anthony's mentioned this gentleman before, but there was a man, you know who it is. He was quite successful in the business world. He was known as a womanizer, vile, selfish, conceited, arrogant, foul-mouthed, cruel, self-absorbed. To the world, he was probably a lost cause. But in his interview with his pastor, he said this. God saved me. I was under the weight of my sin. I was being convicted that I was running from God. And I knew that I had to make things right. So I came to Christ out of darkness and delight. Here's the lyrics of one of his songs. Listen. I can't keep it to myself. I can't sit here and be still. Everybody I will tell until the whole world is healed. King of kings and Lord of lords, all the things he has in store, from the rich to the poor, all are welcome through the door. You will never be the same when you call on Jesus' name. Listen to these words I'm saying. Jesus save me now, I'm saying. Anybody know who it is? Kanye West. Now, do I know Kanye's heart? No. But do I know the heart of God? Do I know the heart of Jesus? Absolutely And I know that Jesus is still radically saving people, radically changing uh, lives. I know because he he changed mine, and he changed a lot of yours. Now, there's still some criticism around uh, Kanye, some skepticism. You know, there's still two different takes on his story, two different opinions, and two different responses. You know, like over here you got this crowd that says, Thank God, you know, Jesus is still saving people. And over here, this crowd says, Ah, I don't believe it's real. Just another way to make money. Over here, this crowd says, "Uh, Maybe if it's not me, maybe he'll use his music to help reach my grandkids. And this crowd over here says, I just I just don't believe it's real. He's still lost. He'll fall. He'll fail. This crowd over here says, even if he does fall, I hope I can be there to help pray for his restoration. This crowd over here says, I told you so. I told you so. I told you it wasn't real. This crowd over here says, praying he continues to use his platform and his style of music to touch millions for Christ. This crowd says, why he's not singing the old hymns in southern gospel he can't be saved both looks at the same situation both estimates the situation sizes up the situation and both responds to the situation but extremely different now i I want us to see how jesus responded in the story So, so i want you to look with me in your bible luke chapter 7 and we're going down to verse 40 this is where Jesus starts speaking, and he has some great things to say. And I want you to listen to these, these things that he has to say. It says this, Jesus said, Simon, I have something to tell you. And Simon said, well, go ahead. Jesus said this, two men were in debt to a banker. One owed him 500 pieces of silver. The other owed him 50 pieces of silver. Neither one of them could pay. And so the banker just canceled both the debts. Which one of the two would be more grateful? Simon said, I suppose the one who was forgiven the most. And Jesus said, that's right. Then turning to the woman, but speaking to Simon, he said this. Do you see this woman, Simon? I came to your home, but you provided no water for my feet, but she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she's not quit kissing my feet. You provided nothing for refreshments, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. Impressive, isn't she? She was forgiven many, many sins, and so she's very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, Jesus said, the gratitude is minimal. Then Jesus spoke to her and said, I forgive your sins. The ones that sat around, the, the, the guests that sat around the dinner table talking behind his back says, who does he think he is forgiving sins? He ignored them and he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Jesus said these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. He came to heal the broken heart. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus showed compassion. Jesus cared. And Jesus didn't judge her on what she was but what she could be. There's a tally song. I love the Tallies. They're a singing group and Lauren sings this song and here's the chorus. Love the broken ones. The ones that need just a little patching up. See the diamond in the rough and make it shine like new. It really doesn't take that much a willing heart and a tender touch. If everybody loved like he does, there'd be a lot less broken ones. Which one are you? Do you judge people quickly? Or are you quick to share the joy that you have? Do you look for re- for faults and failures and others or are you are you fast? To share your, your freedom and the reason you're free. Do you criticize or do you really care? Do you condemn or, or are you really concerned? Do you see people as a lost cause or do you see them through the eyes of love? Which one are you? Uh, listen to this, guys. Everybody's not the same. Everybody didn't have your background, your upbringing. Everybody didn't have the experience from your childhood. And let me just say this, stop it and just say this really quick. If you had a good childhood, if you got great memories, thank God for them. Thank God for them. Everybody didn't they didn't have those. If you you know, everybody don't have good memories. Some can't remember anything but pain. And so they try to camouflage their pain with hurting others or becoming something disgusting because that's the way they feel about themselves. Some folks are, you know, some folks hurt different uh, some folks dress different, some people act different. some people believe different than you and I Some people struggle with things different than you and I do. everybody doesn't have a perfect story and i, I came across this um story of a of an ex addict and his name is Gary and uh Gary's testimony goes like this: it, When he was 12, he he got hooked on alcohol and became an addict. And when he was 16, he got hooked on drugs and became an addict. And and so, you know, he was hooked on this stu- all this stuff early in his teenage years. But later in his teenage years, he was he was in the in the car with a friend of his, and they were driving down the road somewhere. D- just became a friend. And his friend looked at him and said, "Gary, I, I don't have any idea why I'm telling you this. I it just can't." Something is telling me to tell you this. Jesus loves you. <laughs> He's like, what? Jesus Christ loves you. <laughs> and, and it really ticked Gary off. I mean, it, it irritated him, it aggravated him. But he, he couldn't quit thinking about it. Jesus loves an addict? Jesus would, would love an addict? Before long, Gary surrendered his life to Christ. He couldn't outrun the love of Jesus. It, it all started with because somebody told him. Somebody didn't condemn him. They shared Jesus with him. Can I share with you right quick some people that Jesus loves? It's made famous by our friend in Knoxville, Tim Miller. Jesus loves addicts like Gary. Jesus loves ambulance drivers and artists and astronauts and astrologers and adulterers and atheists. Jesus loves babies and Bible readers and boy bands and blondes and brunettes and the bullies and the bullied and the brave and bossy people and bitter people and burned out people. Jesus loves Canadians and Cubans and Christians and Chris Stapleton and coaches and congressmen and crooks. Creepers, cheaters, church haters, and church goers. Jesus loves Democrats. Jesus loves dads and pub daddy and P. Diddy and Deadbeat and Deadbeats and drag racers and drag Queens and disc jockeys and divorce people. And he even loves Dr. Fauci. Jesus loves Elvis impersonators. Environmentalists engineers, and evildoers. Jesus loves the faithful, the faithless, fearful, fearless, people in Finland and France, people who have failed, the fallen, the flustered, and he even loves freeloaders. People love, Jesus loves, people who need a facelift like me. Uh, Jesus loves good people, grateful people, gentle people, generous people, greedy people, the glamorous, the gullible, grouchy people, and goofy people. Jesus loves homosexuals, the haters, and the homeless, and Jesus loves people from Indiana, the introverted people, the intense people, and even the IRS people. Jesus loves people who are jealous and janitors and jaywalkers and joggers. And yes, he loves J-Lo. Jesus loves Kim and Kylie and Chloe and Courtney and all the rest of the Kardashian family. And Jesus loves librarians and landscapers and lawyers and landlords and the lazy and Lady Gaga and Little Wayne. Jesus loves ministers and Mennonites and missionaries and Methodists. Hmm. People who are mysterious, malicious, mischievous. He loves those who wear masks and those who don't. He loves people that like marbles and people who have lost their marbles. Jesus loves Nicole Kidman, Nicki Minaj, Nicolas Cage, Nancy Pelosi, and especially... Nick Saban. If you don't know, he's Alabama. Yeah, I'll move along. Anyway, I'm going on. Uh, Jesus loves orthodontists and optometrists, ophthalmologists. Jesus loves people that love old songs, people love the people that love old hymns, and I think he just really loves old people, thank goodness. Jesus loves professors, preachers, pimps, pornographers, prostitutes, pill pushers, pedophiles, and Jesus loves the police that have to arrest them. And Jesus loves President Biden. Jesus loves the Queen of England, Queen Latifah, retired people, people from Russia, real estate agents and Republicans. Jesus loves people in South Africa, South Dakota, South Carolina, the Smoky Mountains, smokers, strippers, serial killers, Sunday school teachers, and those at social distance and those that don't. Jesus loves Tom Hanks and Tom Brady, Tom Cruise, Tom Jones, people from Tennessee, amen. Former President Trump, and he loves telemarketers. I'm joking. I don't know if he does. Oh no, he does. <laughs> Jesus loves the unemployed people, people from United Kingdom, United States, Ukraine, used car salesmen, umpires. Jesus loves veterinarians, vegetarians, vegans, people in Vietnam, people from Virginia, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Jesus loves wanderers, witches, Waitresses, the weak, the weird. Jesus loves x-ray technicians. And Jesus loves you. Why old you? The tall you. The short you. The heavy you. The skinny you. The dark you. The pale you. The old you. The young you. The hurt you. The well you, the popular you, the outcast you, the happy you, the sad you, the content you, the confused you. The Bible says he doesn't just love you, but he so loves you.